Welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson, and I'm the founder of Get in the Fight Ministries and our exclusive online fight club for Christian men. Everything we do here is dedicated to helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. So if you're looking for helpful content and conversations that can help you to grow and become the man that God made you to be, then you're in the right place. But before we get started, please do me a huge favor and be sure to subscribe, click the like button, and then leave us a five-star review. Doing that helps us to reach more men who are looking for content just like this. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our mission and how to get involved or how to join the Fight Club, then head on over to getinthefight.club. That's getinthefight.club and learn more today. But without further ado, it's time to get in the fight. So let's go. Hey guys, welcome to the Get in the Fight podcast. My name is Nate Whitson and we are here for Christian men. This is our ministry. This is our focus, helping Christian men become the men that God meant for them to be. We constantly are talking about that here. If you're you know, fumbling across this and wonder, how did I end up in this podcast? What's this about? This is what it's about. It's we realize that God has made us for a purpose. And we're trying to figure out like, what is that purpose? How do we live out of that purpose? How do we fight for the life that God meant for us to live? And we talk about all kinds of things things like honor and discipline, strength and joy, and and a lot of things that just pertain to the life of a man. Well, today in particular, we have a treat for you because we are talking to Aaron Smith, who's a co-partner, I guess I would say, with his wife, Jennifer, for a ministry called Marriage After God. It's been one that I've been listening to for a while and following closely, and uh, they do a wide variety of, of ministry options for Christian couples to help them to draw closer to each other and grow, grow closer to God. Uh, and, and they talk about like chasing boldly after God's purpose for their life together. And I love that. And so grateful to have them here. The Marriage After God ministry has all kinds of things. These are these are <laughs> people. So there's the website, marriageaftergod.com. They've got a podcast by the same name, Marriage After God which I've been listening to and enjoying lots of books. Some are for you as a couple. Uh, Some are for uh, women specifically. Some are for men specifically, Christian men. They've got a newsletter. They've got a new uh, one-year marriage prayer devotional called The Marriage Gift that you can now pre-order at their website, all kinds of things. And so again, just super grateful. They have five kids. Is that right, Aaron? That's right. Yeah, five kids. Five kids. And so even if that was the only thing I told you about them, you know they're busy. So Aaron, <laughs> thank you so much for spending some time and, and jumping on here with us today. Thank you for having me. Uh, one small correction, actually, the, the marriage gift is actually live. So you could buy it right now and yeah, it'll ship to you. You don't have to pre-order anymore. No, nope, pre-order's over. So I just, but that was a really great intro. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh man, thanks for being on here. Yeah, I'm, thank you for correcting that. Yeah, you can go on there and order the the marriage gift right away. So yeah, thanks Aaron for for being on here. There's so much, and in, in for those of you, if you're listening to this, you have no idea the backstory here. We've spent the first 20 minutes of the time that we had today trying to fix an audio technical problem that was completely <laughs> on me. And so this may be a, an abridged, shorter version, but hopefully we'll get Aaron back on if we run out of time. There's so many things that I want to chat with you about. I love the conversation about marriage <clears throat> and understanding when it comes to a Christian man, how do we get better here? How do we live bigger, better lives. We're up against so, so much. And I bet you get this a lot, Aaron, but like when you do a marriage ministry or you do like a men's ministry, like I'm doing, people tend to go like, oh, cool. Cause you got it all figured out. 
right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So you guys have the perfect marriage, right? And uh, all the answers. And yeah, I want to read this and, and then I want you to share this. Yeah. This is a part of what's on your website. I'm going to read this to the guys that don't know this yet. This is really awesome. Okay. On your website, it says this, our story. And then it says, our marriage started out with brokenness, pain, and sin. The first three years we endured our relationship rather than enjoying it. We became roommates, isolated from emotional connection, growing ever more distant until the thought of divorce became a reality. But that is not where our story ends. We surrendered to God. We trusted him regardless if our circumstances ever changed. And then everything changed. What a really mm. cool like, thing. What a, what a <laughs> powerful way to put that on your website. Tell us a little bit about that journey then in this marriage ministry you do. Yeah, I, I just want to f- first address like whenever I whenever someone says, "Oh, what do you do?" I always I have to take a second and, and I think, "Okay, how am I going to explain this?" Because it's not like I I have a normal job, you know, writing books and social media influencer, podcaster, you know, marriage ministry. I definitely didn't think to myself growing up, "Man, I'm going to have a marriage ministry one day." Although I definitely wanted to be married. And get when getting into marriage, you know, having that desire to be married and, and all, everyone listening, all the men listening that are married had probably had the same idea, like, oh man, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be great, but it's so much harder than that, of course. And so on top of just the normal getting used to being married, getting used to no longer being a single person, getting used to dealing with someone else's sins other than just your own. And on top of that, we my wife and I went to Africa for four months and lived in a tent, a mm. two-man tent for four months. And then we moved to Florida to work for the organization. And we were we were doing that, having almost no money to our name. Everything we own fit in our, our, our red Honda Jet or red Volkswagen Jetta. And you know, living with other families, like you just mm. add all of the normal stresses of newlywed life. Yeah. And you just amplify it by all that. And then on top of all that, my wife and I had struggles with sexual intimacy. Sex was mm. a non-existent thing in our marriage. It was too painful. It was, it was uh, something that didn't work for us. And so we had just four years, three, three to four years mm. of just that building all of this bitterness and tension within us. And so when we talk about the struggles that we endured in the first you know, four years of our marriage, that's what we're talking about mm. is this sexual deficiency, the sexual brokenness that we had. But, uh, you know, I, I was just talking to my wife the other night. I was, you know, we were talking about choosing what we get to do with our, our lives. And I was like, you know, does, did Joseph get to choose what his occupation was? No, mm. but Joseph was obedient and faithful in all of the occupations he was handed it's he had no choice in the fact of where he was and what he, who he worked for, but he definitely served God in all of it and blessed God. And so that's where we end up in this marriage ministry where it was not at all a plan. Mm. It was not at all this like, Hey, let's start a business and just tell people about how to be married is. <laughs> so I, I always preface with people. I'm like, Hey, I'm not a marriage expert. We never have been. Yeah. Uh, all we do is we try and we use our marriage as a platform to encourage people in their faith mm. and talk to them about pursuing God and what our relationships are to look like. Not that we have figured it out, of course, but we just like to tell people what God's teaching us. And we like to use our marriage as an, as a platform, like I said, to preach the gospel, to draw people closer to God and 
And the way we do that is by seeing him working in our marriages first and foremost, and then in our relationship to our children and then in our relationship to our neighbors and then our relationship to like, it just, it slowly does this, you know, concentric circles of influence outside from starting at you and and Jesus, you and your wife, you and your kids. And then it just slowly trickles out from there. Yeah. Um, That's amazing, man. Like, thank you for the, yeah, for sharing the beginning of that. I I didn't even, I didn't know that part yet. You know, um, I didn't know that part. And I think about for a lot of people, you know, the misconception of going into marriage is this can be awesome. And and it is, <laughs> right? there's nothing like it, but w- there's nothing like it because it's a refining fire and you have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah. And that first year for a lot of people statistically is the hardest. And I can't imagine the tent to the sexual issues, to living in other people's houses, man, you guys just are like, let's just yeah. compound this problem as much as we can. Yeah. I like to do things just full force. Like let's just get, <laughs> let's just make it as hard as possible in the first four years. And then the rest of the time will be easy. I didn't say that, but that's what it felt like. Absolutely. We, we, li- we lived with, we lived with parents for a while while we were trying to get out of debt We like all sorts of things in the first handful of years. But, but I, we, you know, since then we've, we've known couples and met couples and, and encouraged couples that have gone through many more years of mm-hmm. much more difficult things. So I definitely don't want to paint our situation is the worst, but yeah. we should never compare our situations to other people's situations anyway. That's right. We have, we have what God allowed us to walk through and it was for his purposes. As the Bible says that he works thing, all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. So our situation God used to get a hold of our hearts and your listeners, God's using their situations mm-hmm. to get a hold of theirs mm-hmm. and to sanctify them because that's what his ultimate goal is that we're justified, sanctified, transformed, renewed. Um, and you know what? There's a lot of, often there's a lot of areas of our hearts that are very difficult to get to mm-hmm. and it causes, and it requires very difficult things to get to them. Mm-hmm. And so it's why we're called to be thankful, not just in all things, but for all things, mm-hmm. because if we allow, if we allow God to use them, he will, and they will turn for good. He'll work them for good. That's right. For That's us. exactly right. And it's and it's a big piece of this ministry for me is to just introduce our listeners to you, where they maybe maybe they hadn't heard of you yet. And it's like, wow, like we just we don't have enough voices like yours. We can't have an you just can't have enough. There is there's just such a great need for men and women both to see marriages who are just very honest and real. And I think you and your wife do a great job at just kind of like just presenting you. As as it is, you know, and I love that because I think I think it's super encouraging when men and women hear people just trying to live. And they're like, you know what? I, I feel like I already know, Aaron, I feel which is funny, right? Because when you're on this side of it, you have no idea who I am. Yeah, and I've listened to you. And so it's always really funny to meet somebody that you've listened to. You just think, wow, like these are just relatable people doing their very best to live for Christ. And that's always so encouraging. So thank you for what you guys are doing there. Yeah, I, I want to we'll, say we'll keep trying. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's great what you're doing. One of the things I wanted to say early on that I think I love about what you guys present is that you have a very uh, biblically focused approach in conversation. It seems like you just have a real love for God's word and for prayer in particular as well. Can you tell me a little bit where does that come from for you guys and why why the necessity for prayer in God's word? Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the show so far, and if you are, please do me a big favor 
and simply get engaged in a simple way. For you, that might be clicking the like button or maybe subscribing to the show. For others, it may be commenting on a show that really stands out to them, or maybe it's just copying the URL and texting it to a friend or pasting that into your social media or sharing it via text, whatever it is. All of those things make a huge difference for us, and it helps us to reach more Christian men who are trying to live bigger and better lives. So number one, thank you for being a listener, and thank you for being a part of this community and part of this show. We appreciate it more than you know, and we appreciate you getting engaged and helping us out. Thanks so much. Now back to the show. Well, first first off, I was just talking to my kids this morning during Bible time. We, we were reading a devotional, and something in the devotional didn't sit right with me. And so I told the kids out loud, I was like, oh, I don't actually agree with what this says right now. And so I, I just keep on reading. And then we go back and I just start asking them questions about this little piece. It's not, And it's not like the person was intentionally trying to mislead or, and they, I, I believe that they believe what they wrote. Mm-hmm. But I told them, I said, we, when we read other people's work, if we read someone's books or devotionals or hear a pastor speaking or hear a neighbor come and share what they believe, how do we know what's true and what's not? And the, the only way to do that is to do what the Bible says is to, is to test everything. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that is we filter it through what the Bible actually says. And so a simple question to ask ourselves in any situation is, well, what does the Bible say about this? Does the Bible actually say what that says? And to, to test it that way. But then even beyond that, there's, you know, hearing from the Holy spirit, just prompting, you know, give, having a discerning heart of like, what is this saying? It, it seems off, but I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's because we have to have a an objective foundation of truth. If it's just what I think and feel at the moment, then it's subjective and everything's going to be subjected to what I feel and think. Mm-hmm. But I believe the Bible is objective truth. It is It is the truth that all other truths come from. Jordan, That's what Jordan Peter says, which is is actually right that all other truths come from this truth. Yes. And so we, we filter everything through the word of God. And so when I look at what's most important to talking to anyone about anything, if I sit down with a couple, which we don't do counseling, but we've had, we've, we've done it with close friends mm-hmm. and close family. And there's been moments where we sit down and we're like, let's, let's work through this together. I always start with, do you believe what the Bible says? Mm. Cause I, if you start with talking to someone about that, if you say, do you believe the Bible is true? Yes. Do you believe it's inerrant? Like there's, it's without error. Yes. You, and you believe it's the word of God. Yes. Okay, cool. Then we have a foundation that we can now work in because when I bring up something, I'll be like, well, the Bible says this, are you going to, do you agree with that? If you agree with that, why aren't you walking in that? That's great. And so in, instead of playing in this, well, I feel this way, they said this and that hurt my feelings and just playing in the subjective realm. I'd rather just play in the objective realm. I'd I'd rather be wrong and the Bible be right. And so, and and this has happened a lot in my life. I'll say something and a, and a friend will be like, well, where does the Bible say that? And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, it says it. And I, I I look and I'm like, oh, well, it doesn't actually say that. <laughs> so I actually have to change myself yeah. to align, align with what it says. And that's, that's the only way that this thing works mm-hmm. in this life is if in our relationships and our, in our walking, when we talk about marriage, when we talk about parenting, when we talk about anything that's of any substance, mm-hmm. we got to go back to the word of God and say, well, what do we believe what this says? Then that should dictate everything else. So that's the, the first part about the, about the word of God. But then prayer, prayer is, is, 
is something very interesting. It's a gift that God's given us where we can actually communicate directly to him mm -hmm. and hear from him. And, and, and it's not that God's going to say anything to us that he hasn't already said in his word. Mm -hmm. And that's something that believers need to understand is God will never say something that he hasn't already said in his word. And I truly 100% believe that. But Paul even tells us to be careful to not go beyond what the scriptures have said. Yep. Like, okay, so that, that tells me that God's never going to go beyond what he has already said. Mm -hmm. He's going to, when he speaks to us by his Holy Spirit, it's going to confirm and reaffirm and point us back to and remind us of what he has already said always. And so we can pray and communicate and commune directly with God. And as we say in our book, The Marriage Gift, prayer is like a breath. It's like our heartbeat. It's how we stay in step with him. Mm -hmm. We don't pray to change God, God's mind. We don't pray to conform him to our will. We pray that our will would conform to his. And so this is something ever since the beginning of starting this ministry online, starting with Unveiled Wife as, as the main hub and then Husband Revolution and now as one marriage after God. Prayer has been a, a vital aspect of the whole thing. We've spent, we sent from the, almost the beginning of starting the ministry, we, we had an email sign up that you could sign up and we would send a daily prayer email out every single day. And we've been doing that for 12 years now. Mm. And so, you know, currently we have 200 and, you know, 160,000 um, people subscribe to that, getting an email every single day. And we've had almost half a million people throughout the last 12 years be come go through our email list. And so there's people that want prayer. They want to know how to pray. Mm -hmm. And so we've, we've given these prayers as a catalyst, as a, as a encouragement, because it's one of the things that definitely kept us close enough to God through those super hard seasons mm -hmm. that kept us from fully drifting away altogether. Mm. And so having that communication with God and coming to him, even when we felt like he wasn't answering our prayers, even when we, when we felt like he wasn't listening, which was not true. He of course was listening to us mm -hmm. and he was also answering our prayers, just not the way we liked. Yeah. It was keeping our hearts at least soft enough to hear from him when, when he was ready to, to fully speak to us, when he was ready to reveal to us what it is he was working in us. And, and he did, he did finally do that. And it was that moment when he revealed to me my selfishness, my mm. arrogance, my my pride that I was finally like broken and on my knees and like, okay, I'm just mm. going to like, what you want me to do is what you've always wanted me to do, which is love my wife as Christ loves me. Mm. And that that is not conditioned on her behavior, her actions, how she can perform, what she gives me, what she has done. Mm it's purely conditioned on what Christ has done for me. Mm. And so that's where prayer comes into this picture is not just pray for me. This is like, we've been called to pray. Paul says, I, 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 I desire that all the men, and of course, men and women, but he's saying specifically like, because men have a hard time praying. Yes. He's like, I desire all the men to pray with hol holy hands lifted high and with that, with no quarreling, mm. like, which is an interesting thing. Yeah we tend to have arguments about dumb things as men, you know, but he's, <laughs> yeah. so he says, I want you guys to be praying with your, with holy hands, which means have hands that have been set aside, have hands that are, that are pure. Like 
are you walking in these unrepentant sins and then trying to have this like close relationship with God mm. and you're not surrendered over here. You're not, you're not walking in purity over here. You're, and you're just holding on to these other things. How, how can you hold on to these other things and lift up holy hands in prayer? Mm. You can't. And so there's a, there's that one little, that one little call that he has for us has so much in it. Mm. I desire the men to pray everywhere with holy hands lifted high and without quarreling. It's such an interesting d- dynamic of things, but it's all the things really that good. men need to, to deal with is like, let's stop bickering and fighting and, and mm. arguing about these silly things that we like to argue about. Let's have holy hands. Let's have hands that are dedicated to the Lord and not dipping in all of these other, you know, hidden sins and keeping, you know, keeping this, this destructive hobby over here and having a little bit of pornography over here. And I'm going to have my, my prideful attitude over here with my wife and I'm going to have my, my anger with my kids and I'm going to have my, my, you know, arrogance at work and I'm going to have all these things. And then I'm going to try and lift up holy hands in prayer Mm -hmm. for my family and for my friends and for the salvation of my, my neighbors and my brother and my sister. And, you know, we, that's what prayer is about is that we are, focused on, we have our eyes and our heart posture toward God that he changes us. Mm-hmm. That's the purpose of it. That's really profound. I, I've never, I've never heard that verse about lifting holy hands and thought of it that way. That's really amazing. Kind of spins my brain in ways that we could go ask lots of questions of it. Um, go for it. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's so good to think about like how the posture of your hands are when you pray. You know, mm-hmm. I've always thought of it as like, maybe we're supposed to pray with hands up and like, like that physical posture, but really it's more of just like what I'm doing when I'm gripping all these other things, but I'm coming to God like this, you know, with mm-hmm. my hands fisted up, but just as you're saying it to picture what that would look like to like, to say like, I'm clean, you know, I've got nothing here. I'm totally open-handed. It's just a really powerful vision. I never thought of that like that. That's really good. Yeah. And it's not just coming to him clean, but it's also bringing those things and, and, and confessing them saying here, mm. here is the things that I need changed. Here are the things I need cleansed. Here are the things I need removed from my life. God mm. change these in me. And so, cause it's, yeah, it's not like, Hey, get yourself perfect and then mm-hmm. come pray. Right. The point is, is we, we, we act like those things over on the, you know, the peripheral aren't there mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's just a part of me now. And I can't get rid of it. So I'm just going to pretend like they're not there mm-hmm. where God wants all of it. He wants, he wants us to be open and honest with ourselves. And as David prayed, Lord, mm-hmm. search me and know me, see if there be any wicked way in me. Mm-hmm. That's the the heart. He wants us to come into him with prayer is Lord. See if there be any wicked way in me. And also I want to hear when you tell me mm-hmm. like, Oh, I don't like this part about you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. That's hard. But yes, you're right. I'm going to give it to you. Yeah. Let's work on that. Yeah. And open-handed that I can receive Yep. because there's no obstacle in the way of him putting it in my hands, right? Like it's, that's such a good thought. That's such a good thought. Tell me, tell me, um, some practical things. And like, when you speak to men, like, you know, in the 31 ways to pray for your wife, for example, when you look in that book or you're thinking about things you're sending out in these daily newsletters and things, what are some ways that men can practically pray for their wives? Because I'm telling you, I don't know very many men that I hear talk in that term, you know, of yeah. praying for their wives. What, what do you talk to men about in that way? Well, I, I first off, I remind them that, so prayer is not just like, so 
there might be this impression in, in wives of like, oh, I want my husband to spiritually aid and like be this prayer warrior. And like, that's, that is an aspect of it. But that, then the, does that mean that the wife shouldn't be praying? Right. No, mm-hmm. no, because it is a spiritual thing to do, but that's not necessarily indicative of a spiritual leader. I, I mean, it is, but it's not like the only thing. Yeah. So like that men should be desiring to pray because not because that's the thing that they should be checking off on a box, but it's the most powerful thing we can do with our, for our, our families and for anyone. Mm-hmm. Like, think about it. Can you change your wife's heart? Nope. No. Can you change anyone's heart? No. No. Can you make any hairs grow on your wife's head or change what tomorrow is going to bring or how the earth is formed or <laughs> right. like we can't do anything. So why not talk to the one that can, hmm. why not go before the one who created all things, understands every cell in the body of your spouse, understands how every hair grows, understands every intent of their heart. That's the one that God's, he's calling us to come to him mm-hmm. with these things. And I, and I, encourage men and myself all the time that to not be afraid of that, to not be like embarrassed by that, mm-hmm. because there's, there's this insecurity of like, I don't know what to say. Yes. You know, what if they look at me funny? What if they, you know what? Like be brave, mm-hmm. like be, go do it because you know that you know who God is mm-hmm. not because you know who you are, not because you have all the right words. And then the other encouragement is the Bible actually discourages this idea of big, boastful, loud, amazing, well-formed prayers. Mm-hmm. Like that's actually the opposite. Jesus teaches us a prayer that's like three, you know, five verses long, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And then we have these parables of this, that, you know, the Pharisee who prays this big lofty prayer. Thank you for not ma- making me like that sinner over there. And for not making me like that guy over there and making me so great. And then there's this one person that says, Lord, I'm a sinner. And he's like, that person's prayer was heard. (laughs) Right. That's a great point. And so like we, we have been given, I think the global corporatize and social media and all these pictures of church Mm -hmm. and I, and how things are done spiritually, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. there's a prayer feels very feminine. Yes. Like, oh, that's something that women do. Yes. Which is very funny because most of the prayers throughout the Bible are Men. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> they are the ones praying. Prayer is a very masculine thing throughout scripture. And then, <clears throat> excuse me. So there, there's this, this false picture that prayer is a, a feminine, a feminized thing. Mm-hmm. So it feels like it feels uncomfortable for a man to do it because like, that's, that's what the women do. The women have their prayer meetings. Yep. There's how many men's prayer meetings have you heard of in churches? It happens, but it's, a, it's much more rare than women's prayer meetings. Agreed. And again, I'm not saying women sh- shouldn't pray. I, I'm just saying why there's a trepidation in men, Yep. I believe, is is that's one of them. The other thing is, is this fear of, of eloquence, like, oh, I don't know mm-hmm. how to talk good. Women have just naturally, they have a lot more, a lot more words. Mm-hmm. They, they are very, a lot more language oriented. Yep. And feelings oriented and which God beautifully created them that way. But again, these are false perceptions of what prayer should be. Mm-hmm. Prayer. I, I've so many times my prayers are just me like grunting before God, like, ah. like, and I'm, I don't know what to do. <laughs> God, please <Yeah>. help. <laughs> like that, right. that's it. That's it. For, for my kids, like my, my daughter, I'll, I'll pray for them before bed. And then she'll be like, dad, you didn't pray for my finger. Right. 
and I, and I could be like, well, it's okay. Or I could be like, God help Edie's finger feel better. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. What's, what's wrong with that? Yes. Nothing. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Just that perception of this is what it's supposed to look like. And I don't know how to do that well versus what you just described. So right. well. yeah, it's great. Right. And that, and that's, I believe there's a, a lot of misconceptions of, of like, oh, I'm I'm not doing it that way. Exactly. But you know what? That's okay. Pray to God. You know, it's Talk funny to too, I think, and I don't know what your thoughts are on this, Aaron, but it makes me think because we see so much of it feminized and because people who are willing to do prayer tend to be women that at least that maybe it's super generalized, but that's that's the way it feels to me. I think a lot of guys are intimidated by the emotional side of it. So like when we see women praying, it oh, tends yeah. to be very emotional. And we're thinking, look, I don't want to sit down there and close my eyes for 45 minutes and just kind of pour my emotions out. I don't do it that way. I don't operate that way. And if that's what it requires, yeah. that's different than grunting out for four sentences. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I think if a guy felt the ability to grunt out four sentences of just like, God, I'm, I just need your help today. They would say I, I, that I can do that, but they don't think it counts. Yeah. Just if you want to read through most of the Psalms. Yeah. They're mostly prayers. Yeah. And often they're prayers of like, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. I'm stuck in this cave as David would pray. Mm -hmm. And he's like, and, and you, you, you've called me this to this purpose. And that does not look like I'm there. What's going on, God? Why have you left me? Why have you forsaken me? Where, where, where are you? Like, so sometimes, oftentimes they could be emotional and the, those emotions are, are normal, but that doesn't mean we need to pray emotionally. Yeah. Right. Yep. Prayer will be emotional at times. And yep. that's a, that's an aspect of, of our relationship with God and, and where we're at. And, but yeah, I think you're right. That, that fear of like, how do I even show those emotions? I don't show those emotions to anyone. Yeah. Again, that's a perspective of what we think prayer should be. Yeah. What we think God's looking for in us, but what God's looking for in us is honesty, humility. The Bible says is a humble and contrite heart, mm -hmm. God will not despise. You got it. Yeah. Like that's what he's looking for. Mm -hmm. Do you have a humble and contrite heart? Do you come before him saying, yeah, I need you. I don't know the answers to this situation. And I actually want you to show me. Yep. I need your wisdom. I need your, I need your understanding. I need your, I need your help to be more patient because I'm, I feel very impatient right now. I need your help to be stronger because I, I feel very weak mm. right now. And so that's that there's a lot of, insecurity in men when it comes to spiritual things because of the perception of what we think spiritual things are to look like. That's right. But if you just look at the, the, the pictures that, that you have all throughout the Bible, like you have Enoch mm -hmm. and it says that he, it says he, he walked with God and then he was not, it gives you no ex explanation of <laughs> right. what that looked like. It just says he walked with God. Yep. What does that look like men to walk with God? That's right. Like we, w he wants us to walk with him. He wants us to know him and to stop trying to like pretend to be something to trying to, to put on a mask before him, play a game, play a role. He just wants us to be like, he, he made us a certain way. And then he wants us to surrender the parts of us that he wants to change. That's it. Yeah. That's it, it doesn't mean that we, we start looking like this guy over there or this person over there. Or even like our wives. That's right. He wants us to look like he wants us to look like how he wants us to look mm. in light of Christ. Yeah, man. Yeah. And unfortunately for today, we're gonna cut our conversation off here a little short. But my hope is, Aaron, 
that maybe you and I can come back to this because we got through two questions and I have so, so many more for you that I think men are just really hungry for a conversation like this. How do we become the men that God meant for us to be in terms of leading our homes, leading our families, leading in our communities and in our churches? How do we become men who um, just live more gospel-centered lives in our marriage? What does the gospel mean to our marriage? What does it mean to be married? All these things. And so I want to come back to that if you're willing to. Um, it may be in the next, next episode, but thank you so much for your time and what you guys are doing again, guys, if you're, uh, not familiar yet, uh, marriageaftergod.com, go there. You can find the books, you can find resources, the newsletters, these daily encouragements, their new, the marriage gift book, which is not in pre-order anymore. You can actually go get it right now, which is awesome. And you can find all of that at their website, but yeah, we are trying to fight for, our marriages and it takes conversations like this to go, you know what, there are guys out there that are doing it like Aaron is doing. And again, Aaron, thanks for your time today. We really appreciate it so much. Yeah, man. All right. You guys get in the fight, fight for your marriages, fight for better lives. And we'll see you in the next episode. Hey guys, thanks so much for being here today and listening to the show. Please be sure to head over to the website at getinthefight.club. And before you go, if you haven't already, please subscribe, click the like button, and leave us a positive five-star review. It makes a huge difference whenever you do. Have a great day. Go get in the fight.